All right, guys. We are covering the NFL Championship weekend. The Vikings have four finalists for their head coaching job. The Wolves are happy playing together. And the Wild are red hot. Here we go. Northeast Podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Very good. I'm so good, man. How are you? I am doing great. Uh, we had an awesome first episode. This could go check that out. We are sorry that our screencast, the best screencast we've ever done uh, in the history of our show, uh, didn't work when we recorded it, so we weren't able to put it out last week, but we can assure you it was the best um, episode we've ever done. Um, oh, my goodness. The guest, Pete Davidson, was on there. How did we get Pete Davidson? Dude, Pete Davidson came on and talked mad shit about Kim Kardashian. Yeah. I was like, aren't you guys still together? And he's like, yeah, that's the funny thing. No one listens to this. I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah, he was. But we had it got deleted. So no one will ever know about that. Was going to be our big break, but it's okay. We had Trump and Obama on at the same time. Yeah, arguing. Yeah. And then and then and then agreeing on a lot of things. <laughs> Surprisingly. Yeah, it was very it was very weird. <laughs> Trump was incredibly reasonable. <laughs> they were agreeing on a lot of things. So All right, guys. What an episode. We're very sorry about that, but we're back. Um go check out our screencast. We did have a sports cast last week, um, which was also uh fantastic. And so it's time for us to dive into this week's sports cast. But before we do that, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nord East Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from. Get the Nord East Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. What a bargain. That's gonna be Thank my you. It's gonna be my next tattoo. Get the whole thing? Just the whole, whole spiel. The whole spiel. Just like memento? Yeah. Like memento. So if your memory starts to slip, you can just look down at your look at my arm and I just read it every episode. <laughs> well no, like, no, no, no. You gotta do the girl thing and get it like on your rib cage. Like uh-huh. it's some sort of like palm from like you yeah, know Shakespeare like or, something like that. or something. Yeah. And then they'll be like, Oh wow, what's that from? You'd be like, uh it's kind of the intro in my podcast. And they'll be like, yeah. Wow. I think I'm gonna get it I think I'm gonna get it under boob. Panty drop. Ooh, <laughs> under boob. <laughs> yeah. All right, under, so under was- boob. It the may be covered at some point. That's that's the only <laughs> issue. So, guys, um, here we go. We're going to dive into this episode um, after we quit talking about stereotypical tattoo spots for women. Um, yeah. But uh, we're going to dive into the beers that we're drinking, and I'm going to start. I'm at our good friends at Modest. I'm drinking their Keep Keeping On, an oak-aged Colt. Hope it's oh, good. Okay. That's cool. Um, I'm over with our friends at Junkyard, and we're drinking. I'm drinking Plowable Snow. Which they just describe as a crispy beer, um, and it is. It's it's nice and crispy, easy to drink. Wait, 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 wait. Are you getting what? junkyard four packs in Blaine, or did you have to make a special trek for that? No, one? no, they they have them. They actually have Lupulent. Like it's not bad. Top ten in Blaine has a lot of shit. Top ten, good. All li- right, good liquor stores. Yeah, better than I thought it was going to be. Well, I'm happy for Jim because God Almighty, the chat was bad. Like the group chat in text when he first had to figure out how to get. Good beer in Blaine, Minnesota. Yeah, it was it was rough for a while. We're working on it. There you go. At least you found a spot now. All right, I'm I'm in uh, God knows where with the uh, silly clown shoes beer. It's a haze cake, hazy Detroit, double eh? IPA. Yeah, so Detroit, Whatever. the city that's crumbling every day and may not be a thing in five years. Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, this thing's very sweet. It's very alcoholy. I would not recommend it to anybody. Clown. Why shoes, would you haze buy cake. clown shoes? 
Uh, I didn't. It, it was purchased for me um, as like oh. a gift, and um, it's just okay. okay. And if Sorry the person is listening, I hope you like it. But I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's the, it's the same, same model. Same model. Yeah. Same one. <laughs> Sorry. All right, uh, guys, let's move on to our starting lineup this week. We're going to start with Tom Brady retiring, kind of. He definitely is retiring. He wanted to break it on his own terms. Adam Schefter stood by his story, it seems like. Tom Brady is done. Um, I don't like to throw around the GOAT title. I think we call everything the GOAT. Everyone's the GOAT. Every person is the GOAT. Every guy on every team is the GOAT. Everything is the greatest of all time. And as a fan of hyperbole, I can't stand for this. Somehow, somewhere, mm-hmm. I don't like it. Um, Tom Brady actually is the GOAT. Right. And and that's this is coming from someone who has cheered against Tom Brady in pretty much every game he's ever played in, uh, except for the one I wanted him to win after the Eagles eliminated us and like things that are fans. Um, what a career. I mean, really and truly a great story. Tom Brady, whether you like him or not, he was just an insane competitor and gave us one of the all-time great sporting careers, definitely the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, you know, in the past 50 years, he's probably the best winner in any So, Well, think about think about the Super Bowls that he was in from start to finish, right? Uh, playing the Rams in year two of the greatest show on turf, um, ended up beating them on a last-second field goal. Um, then he uh, th- they have a chance for, like, an undefeated season, um, ends up losing to Eli Manning of all quarterbacks on a helmet catch from David Tyree. Like just, you know what I mean? Like uh, they, they made it into the playoffs or yeah. And then going back even further, the tuck rule, uh, which is related to Tom Brady. And then like all of his duels with like Peyton Manning and him essentially getting the best of Peyton Manning for all but one of those seasons. Um, he had deflate gate, um, another Colts game. Then he had, uh, what was the loss? Oh yeah, yeah. The Eagles' loss was another one. Um, here at the at US Bank Stadium, and then they had the win against Atlanta in wherever that in wherever that was. They were up or down twenty eight three. Um, and then they you know then he won as a, a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, like a like a, a pretty insane career. Oh yeah, he beat uh, Cam Newton um, as well. Beat Jared Goff and Sean McVay, like. Kind of some like oh, and then they they won on the um, the pass that Pete Carroll called yep. for Russell Wilson when they had Marshawn Lynch. Like he's been involved in like some insane Super Bowl um, and just playoff moments in general. So um, what a career! Like uh, say what you want about the Patriots and the you know the Cheatriots and and all that stuff, but um, Tom Brady's been at the helm of it for a very long time, and he's going to be forty five years old. So. Um, I think it's time to officially hang it up and and best of luck to him. And thanks for the memories, man. It's been fantastic. What a ride. And still going out as like a contender for the MVP. Yeah. I mean, he made, sure. he's faded a little bit, but he's still one of the best players in the world. It's crazy. Um, yeah. I'd love to cheer him. Yeah. A lot of and people, the Rams, a lot of people are like excited that he's out of the league now. And it's like, all right, somebody that's been the bane of my existence as a team, maybe that was on the edge. And we would always lose to the Patriots. I'm actually not excited for him to become a private citizen in that way because I think he's actually going to get really unbearable from here on out. Like I feel like now he's gonna his political views are really going to bubble to the surface, and his, his like what's that? Shut up and dribble. Stick to sports. <laughs> yeah, we can say that to a white dude, can't we? Fuck you, Tom Brady. No, I just don't want to like 
like go retire and just be with your family and be off the grid. An occasional special interest story can pop up, but I just don't want him to be like ubiquitous as like some kind of talking head because I don't like the guy on a personal okay. level. So, well, how's he going to sell the TB? How's he going to sell the TB12 supplements, Jim? If he's not hey man, on TV, you know, I don't even time. watch a lot of cable TV. Let him do like uh, you know infomercials late night. That would that would be fine. That'd be best case scenario. Um, you know, joining up with ESPN to announce games would be worst. So we'll see what happens, but I hope he just rides off as like, the true goat. What about Peyton Manning on Weekend Update? That's great. Did you see it? Everybody likes Peyton Manning. But did you see that? No, I didn't. I haven't Peyton watched Manning it yet. Was on Weekend Update, and they asked him about how great last week was in football, and he said he didn't watch any of it. And they were like, why not? And he was like, because I threw on season two of Emily in Paris. And goes on a four minute spiel about Emily in Paris, and he he starts drawing up plays as Emily and her choices. (laughs) The ex boyfriends are down here, and the thing I I saw it actually. I saw the clip. He's he's just great. I don't think Tom has. He's great. He should go nowhere. He's fantastic. Tom Brady uh, can just ride off, ride off into the sunset. All right. uh, Next up, uh, Kylian Mbappe, probably the most valuable player. I'm going to just go ahead and say the most valuable player in the world in football soccer is uh headed to real madrid in the summer when his contract expires with esg and he is going to be the highest paid player in the world i believe he's 23 years old he scored the game-winning goal in the world cup ballon doors are on his way as soon as we stop pretending messi is the best player in the world and he is headed to arguably the premier in the world yeah real madrid right yep it is and, funny that Real Madrid is still considered, you know, the I'm sure in fandom and team value, maybe they are, but the league isn't. I mean, they dominate that fucking, this, the La Liga. You'd think it would be a Premier League team that would be the best in the world. Yeah, I mean, we see that because of, um, you know, it's the big T deal here in the United States. Uh, yeah. But if you look at this, uh, in the past, two, three, four, five, six, seven, would, eight, nine. You know, while, while Eric looks that up, the only thing I would say is that like, there are a lot of Spanish-speaking countries that care about La Liga beyond Europe, right? Beyond Spain, you know, mm-hmm. and I know Portugal does Portuguese, but like a lot of South America cares significantly about La Liga. Sure. Yeah, that's their audience is massive. That's a good point. Um, I mean, Spaniards did a great job of their colonization as well. So put it this way, uh, Real Madrid has won the, you're saying that they're not the most dominant team anymore, but they've won four of the last eight champions. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> they've won 13 total. Like they are the premier team in the world, even if their league is, is good, but not maybe as top to bottom good. I mean, they are still probably the number one on earth and they're trying to get the two most valuable players in the world, both to sign with them this summer Mbappe, who they already have. And then. Erling Holland is the other guy they're desperately trying for. So they oh. are a juggernaut, and they will continue to be that. Um, and then finally, uh, starting lineup, Andrew Wiggins, former number one pick in the draft, traded for Kevin Love, played many disappointing seasons with the Timberwolves, is officially a starter in the All-Star game. But he isn't there just on merit. He is there because of K-pop? Yeah, true. True story. Crazy. I think this is finally what's going to change the voting rules. For, for this, because everyone's pretty annoyed about this. Um, like, we get it. Curry's on the team. Makes sense. But for Wiggins to be on there over, like, Lillard and, and many other, like, much better players in the West is nuts. So what happened was, and this is pretty crazy, the, the Golden State Warriors hired this guy named Bam Bam. 
Okay, we don't know who he is. K-pop star, um, world famous, as like some kind of brand ambassador. And this guy was like tweeted out, I just voted for Andrew Wiggins for an all-star team. It got retweeted millions of times. Enough times that it put Andrew Wiggins over the edge, and now he's a fucking starter in the all-star game. It's just absurd. for a little... For a little bit of context, that that is that is true. But I think um, with the NBA All Star voting, it as far as like the, the starters and bench players go, fifty percent of the vote count um, is from the fans. Yeah, twenty five percent is from sports writers, and twenty five percent is from uh, the players. Right. So, however they weight that, I don't know. But it wasn't just purely the, the votes, but still, he's not. No, a- no, no. No, I'm I'm in agreement with you that yeah. like the fact that half of the vote goes to the fans when the uh the Warriors hack the system and they're like, Oh yeah, we're gonna find this guy with twenty million Instagram followers and be like, Oh yeah, he's our new brand ambassador. Like he has no idea who Andrew Wiggins is. Yep. Andrew Wiggins has no idea who he is, but they managed to vote enough to get him into the starting position over like, you know, Ja Morant and like uh, or Chris Paul. Devin Booker, like they're just yeah. kind of preposterous. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not angry at Wiggins for this. The whole thing is silly. I don't really care. Um, it is, it is a, just makes the whole thing seem dumber. I just think yeah. that all fan voting for all-star games is so stupid. It makes well, all-star games meaningless. Um, and also like, there, is there anything worse than going to a fucking baseball game? And then they hand you that stupid booklet of all the little hanging chad circles that you have to pop out that they just throw away anyways i've never even seen that because you don't go to baseball games you go to the baseball game and they give you these all-star things and they have like punch out things you know hanging chads yeah (laughs) remember the hanging chads from al gore's attempt yeah yeah and they're like popping these things out to vote for your favorite all-stars in baseball it's so stupid so yeah it ruins all of it but guys let us move on to the NFL championship weekend. Mm. What a great weekend. Two weekends in a row of football. We have gotten six straight games that have come down to the very end. Five in a row that had gone down to the last play of the game. Um, the Bengals shock the world and shock the Chiefs. They were down 21-3 to on the road against the two-time AFC champions. And they somehow come from behind, turn over Patrick Mahomes a few times, and grind out the grittiest of victories. The Bengals, and one of the most improbable things ever, uh, are going to the Super Bowl. This is crazy. Love it. Love it. Burrow, Burrow is, I don't know if he's likable or not. I can't tell yet. I think he's but very I just, likable. I think he is. He's just kind of like... He's great. Maybe in a couple of years, get back to me. But I definitely like him for now because he's still the underdog. Although, it's hard to call him the underdog when all he's done is win the Heisman, win the national championship. Like, in a couple years, he's already at the Super Bowl. Like, he's just an insane winner. Um, He won't be the underdog for long, but he certainly was yesterday. And that was wild. I mean, that was crazy to see. Uh, I'm happy for him. I'm I'm all – I'm Team Bengals. Let's go. Um, And they have – like, not only that, but the Bengals have, like – if it wasn't for Justin Jefferson, I think Jamar Chase would be the talk of the town – from a wide receiver perspective, because kid can play. Um, I mean, he might even be better than Justin Jefferson, like overall, mm-hmm. um, as far as skill set, just because he seems to he seems like he's just a little bit bigger. But who knows? I mean, I mean, you know, it, time will tell. But this Bengals team, God, they're annoying because 
it makes me think like if the Vikings would have just bottomed out a couple times, we could have, you know, like a top tier QB or a top tier whatever, mm-hmm. uh, but never did. We've always been hanging out in that like middle of the road, you know, never. I mean, our, our best top pick was like Matt Khalil, you know, in <laughs> of the early two the early 2010s and whatever. So anyway, yeah, I'm I'm team Cincy. Uh, I'm rooting for them just because, you know, Joe Burrow, I think is a lot of fun. So. Burrow is the new Brady, um, as in uh, he doesn't really have great physical talent. He doesn't really have a strong arm. He isn't really fast. He just doesn't really have any elite traits other than the fact that he just always seems to make the play when the game is on the line. Make the play <laughs> and and has like this weird sixth sense of like game acumen mm-hmm. and that you can't, when, when that you can't teach. I watched a couple of highlights and, and during the game where he's like deking and dodging and spinning and running to the sideline and then throwing it for like an important like third down conversion. I'm like, damn, dude. He, he can I don't move. think he's I don't think compared to other quarterbacks, he's very good at scrambling. I just think it was <laughs> like the fourth quarter big play needs to happen. Suddenly he's Superman running with the ball. Like, I don't know, yeah. dude. He was he was high stepping, bro. He was high stepping <laughs> out of the like defender trying to grab his legs. So. But I, I see, just, like, I get that he's obviously very athletic compared to us and everybody. But yeah, I mean, I suppose you know when you compare him to like, like the other, like Brady didn't have the biggest arm. Brady was not the fastest guy at all. My point isn't that they're not an athlete. My point is like Burrow is the kind of guy who doesn't have the arm talent of even Matt Stafford or Patrick Mahomes or Aaron yeah, Rodgers. especially especially on the same on the field at the same time as Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, he you watch clunk- that interception. He looks clunky. Yeah. Like compared to Mahomes. He, yeah. he mm-hmm. threw that pad, that interception in the fourth quarter where he just threw it out to the sideline and he just doesn't have that same gas, but it just doesn't matter because he's just the guy in the big moment. That's why I said he's the next Brady. Um, so that game was amazing. The Bengals come from behind. They win this thing in overtime. I thought Patrick Mahomes was atrocious at the end of this game and really the whole second half he was just terrible. It was just bizarre um, taking two stupid sacks at the very end of the game, just running around trying to play hero ball. Um, was not a great look. Um, I will say, though, that the Patrick Mahomes hate is ludicrous. Why the hell is everyone like, Patrick Mahomes isn't the guy? He just isn't the guy we thought he was. What quarterback has been more accomplished by the age of 26 than Patrick Mahomes? I'm going to say no one. I'm going to say not a single quarterback ever in the history of football is nearly as accomplished as this guy who's gone to four straight NFC championship or I'm sorry, AFC championship games, two Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl, won an MVP award is going to absolutely massacre every passing stat. If he stays healthy in his career, this dude is still the real deal. He just had a bad half of football against a good football team and ever needs to chill out. Um, yeah, it was, he it was, was it was pretty egregious. Like the, the drop off between his performance in the first half to his, cause they, they scored so effortless against the Bengals Yeah, on their first three drives where you're like, this is going to be disgusting. Like, this yeah. is gonna be I was like, we finally yeah. got a boring blowout game. Nope. Yeah. So, so anyway, here's the only thing though, they have to remember. Everyone's like, oh man, Joe Burrow's the next guy. Joe Burrow is one year younger than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has just finished up his fifth year in the NFL and is one year older than second-year quarterback Joe Burrow. That's not to take either away from either, anything away from either of these guys. But just imagine mm-hmm. how crazy this early career has been for Mahomes. I mean, he's going to yeah. be in the league just as long as Burrow will, and he came into the league three years earlier than him. Damn, uh, that puts it into an amazing per- like perspective that I didn't have of like, no, they're pretty much the same age. Yeah. It's Burrow just that old Mahomes has been doing it. Yeah. Um, so the other game 
Um, the Rams finally get past the 49ers. They had lost six in a row. Uh, another just grind-out game. I found myself as a football fan cheering for the Rams this one um, just because I would rather watch the Rams in the Super Bowl than the Niners. Um, I just didn't want to watch more Jimmy G. I just didn't know if I had it in me to watch more Jimmy G games. Uh, you, me, and everyone else on Earth. such a boring guy to watch. Yeah. Like, it's just not, there's nothing there. I mean, I actually don't mind either of these teams. I have literally nothing against the Rams or the Niners. Nothing. I have, I have no dislike of them at all. Um, but I found myself cheering for the Rams. Um, they got behind. Kyle Shanahan blows another playoff lead like he does all the time. Um, weird play calls. Conservative. On the road in a must-win playoff game with this super creative offense and weapons everywhere, he decides to punt the ball. Um, on fourth and well, two. I think I just he just didn't trust Jimmy G, man. Oh, like, weird. what was the did, didn't they? How many times did they pass the ball when they won the NFC Championship or whatever a couple of years ago? They threw the ball eight times, yeah, and ran the ball like sixty times. Remember when he handed just, it off in the big moment of the game, the critical moment in Green Bay territory the week before to to Debo, and Debo ran for twelve yards and got him in field goal range, and they won the game. That's what yeah. I, I just would have said, "Fuck it." We got here on Debo's shoulders, and we're going to do yeah. it. Cool. Yeah, just ride the, ride him out. Yeah. So the Rams end up winning the game. They score a bunch of points in the fourth quarter, I think 13 unanswered to, to take the, the win. And I really am happy with this Super Bowl. Um, the Rams and the Bengals is really fun. Uh, I, I Like I said, I, I don't even think I'm, I care who wins this game. I like the Burrow story, but I have nothing against the Rams. Um, Stafford has never even been in the playoffs really before this. He had never won a playoff game before this year. No. I, Which I is cool. I've, Aaron Donald is probably the most talented football player in the league. Um, there's just really cool matchups all over the place. It's going to be a great game. I, I'm just cheering for. I don't care who wins. I just want another competitive football, and that's all yeah, I like. If, if it was like a 35-33 ending, oh, so done. Good. Don't Perfect. care who wins. Don't yeah. care who wins. Just so this will be fun. Like yeah. it's kind of weird for me because I'm used to seeing like a team I hate like the Packers or a Tom Brady-led team or something. Yeah, Patriots. I actually, yeah. these are the teams that I was like kind of wanting to get here. And now they got here and I'm like a dog that catches crow. I don't even know what to do. I think what I need to do, and I think you guys should follow suit. If you don't care who wins, you just want a competitive game, it's time to put some money down. I got to put a big bet down, $100 or something, on one of the teams, and that's my team. And I'll probably go the Rams. I'll probably put some money down on the Rams, enjoy yeah. the game, and go. Rams are four-point favorites coming out of the gate. I think the Rams are the better team. And here's a stat that I think is going to swing the game. The Rams have the number one. Can I, can I guess? Can I guess what it is? Yeah. Before you go, I think it's the uh, Joe Burrow has been sacked the most times in the NFL this season versus the Rams sort of defensive line approach with Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, et cetera. Uh, They're going to have a field day getting to Joe Burrow. Yeah, so it's it's actually the the pass rush win rate of the Rams number one in the league. The pass blocking win rate of the Bengals thirty out of thirty two. Oof, that's a Oof. bad matchup. So Joe Burrow is going to be absolutely under this game. I think it's the difference. The Bengals are exciting enough and they have enough weapons that they should keep it competitive. But I do think the Rams are are the better team. We'll make our official predictions for you guys next week. But, uh, the only thing I'll say is I think that the Bengals coach, Zach um, Taylor. Taylor, might have some shit up his sleeve. So I'm excited to see what, what you know, because I'm sure he's not unaware that those statistics exist. 
and there's got to be a way to try and mitigate it. So You're I'm excited have, to uh, see what he comes up Jamar with. Jamar Chase versus Jalen Ramsey, which is pretty exciting. Um, just all kinds of good stuff. It's going to be a blast. Cooper Cup is really a fun player to watch. So a great Super Bowl. Who, who nobody thinks, like, maybe we should cover him. <laughs> I think you just might not be, you might not be able to cover him. It's great. He he's, might just be that good. Or the scheme is that good. All right, so uh, here we go, guys. We're moving on to Vikings talk. Kirk Cousins officially makes his second Pro Bowl with the Minnesota Vikings, um, replacing, I don't even know who, Tom Brady maybe? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, replacing Aaron Rodgers. So Tom, uh, Cousins makes it, kind of dampens it even more when Russell Wilson made it. Huh. Not sure how <laughs> Russell Wilson made it. He played like half the year and he wasn't very good. Well, he did. Teddy Bridgewater is a former Pro Bowl quarterback, sure. so I think that, that dampens it as far as you can dampen it. So the big news, though, is the Vikings have narrowed it down to four finalists for their head coaching job. Um, the first uh, – or one guy who actually turned down being a finalist was D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator from the 49ers. So that makes me think he has a job already. Yeah, that was my guy. I kind of, I'm kind of interested in him. Um, I, for me, it was D'Amico and O'Connell. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think that uh, he might have another job lined up. He's got to be going to the Dolphins or going to the Texans, something like that. He's got to already have a job lined up, and that's why he declined this interview. Um, so that leaves you with your four finalists. You have um, Patrick Graham, the 43-year-old defensive coordinator of the New York Giants. You have Raheem Morris, the 45-year-old defensive coordinator of the St. Louis Rams. I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Los Rams. Angeles. I was you like, have, St. Louis. You have Kevin oh. O'Connell, the 36-year-old offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams. And you have Jim Harbaugh, the 58-year-old Michigan head coach. Um, I think think that Patrick Graham wasn't going to get a second interview until D'Amico Ryan uh, turned them down. So I'm going to say Patrick Graham ain't getting that job. Um, And in in reality, I don't think Raheem Morris is getting that job either, even though I do think Morris would be a really good coach. Everyone who's played for him thinks he's amazing. He did fail as a head coach uh, with the lowest coaching budget of any coach in the NFL as a 32-year-old playing for kind of a broken Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, So I do think he would be a good choice too, to be honest. That, That was literally set up to fail. Yeah. Um, but yeah. your your two main finalists are Kevin O'Connell, the offensive coordinator from the Rams, and Jim Harbaugh, head coach of Michigan. Um, I think those two are going to be what they decide between. Um, and I know that there's some controversy with Jim Harbaugh, um, but I'm here to tell you that I am here for either of those guys. Uh, I, I think O'Connell's probably the favorite for the job. Um, I did see like a very, very, very in-the-know person about Harbaugh who said he thought there was a 40% chance he would leave Michigan and that if he leaves, it's probably for the Vikings. Um, so he's very coveted. The Vikings and the and the Dolphins both badly would want him, I think. Um, but we don't know if he even, how serious he is about actually leaving. Um, and then O'Connell. Is it, just a quick question to interject yeah. there. Is he up for some kind of extension with them or a raise? Is there any chance that he's using this to up it? Like he isn't going to leave and never was. And he's going to get a lot more money by making it seem like he might go to the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. There's a chance of that. But I did hear, okay. um, I did hear today from uh, what's his name, uh, the the best sports news guy in the Twin Cities, um, Phil Johnny Johnny Athletic John. Oh, okay, John Krasinski. He said uh, that the Vikings believe that the interest is real with Harbaugh. And that was from, from his sources and he has the best sources. So um, okay. I do think he's interested. That doesn't mean he'll take the job, 
Um, I think it's between O'Connell and Harbaugh. And I truly believe that people should be excited either way. Harbaugh is a, is a legit coach. I mean, he really is a, a fantastic coach. Um, he coached four seasons for the 49ers, and he had a record of 44-19-1, um, which makes him have the fifth best winning percentage of any coach in NFL history. He went to three NFC championships in his four years, and he went to one Super Bowl. Um, he went to Michigan and has obviously done really good things there as well. Uh, he is 58 years old, which is probably my least favorite thing about this. Um, but he is a really good coach. I mean, he just because he's too old. Yeah, I don't love that age. I think That's like not that old, man. I don't think 58's old. If he's like 65, I'm like, uh, I'm sure it'll be a long term deal, kind of. So he will get there. I hope you know if if things are working out. That doesn't bother me that much. But yeah, I mean, KOC to me like seemed to be the person I was most excited about until the Jim Harbaugh stuff started popping off. Um, so the only thing is like, there's this real push for like these young offensive minded coaches. And yeah. if you want some of them, LaFleur is like 42 years old. Shanahan is like 41 or 42 years old. He was in the final four. Zach Taylor is in the Super Bowl. He's 38 years old. McVay is 30 McVay. years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. AOC comes from the same tree as McVay. He's his coordinator right now. Zach Taylor, who is in that offense, you know, yeah. like, all these guys are kind of connected. They have these same offensive philosophies. So I do think like the move right now is to go get these young, charismatic, offensive genius coaches. And from everything we've heard, um, O'Connell has blown everyone away in his interviews. It sounds like multiple jobs will be options for him. He's getting second interviews with everybody. Um, I do think he'll get hired as a head coach. And I would say the Vikings are the favorite, um, as I think it's by far the best job. Oh, well, I think if you're – if you're an offensive coordinator looking for a head coaching position, I don't think you would look any further than the Minnesota Vikings in terms of your options to be successful. For sure. And I do think that um, this is what I would say. If it came down to those two guys, Harbaugh and O'Connell, Harbaugh is a much better coach. Than Harbaugh most likely brings Vic Fangio with him as his D coordinator, which would be fantastic. He's one of the best defensive coordinators options there is, was the head coach of the Broncos. A lot of people think he'll bring Pep Hamilton, the passing game coordinator from the um, Texans as his offensive coordinator. It would be a really good, experienced staff with lots of success. And Vic Fangio, for everybody that doesn't know, was the kind of the architect of the Bears defense, obviously prior to him leaving to go be the head coach for the Broncos when Matt Nagy was there, when the Bears defense was really good. Yeah, so I mean, really he's, he's a big deal. So I do think that, like, initially, who would have a better impact, um, uh, O'Connell or Harbaugh? I think Harbaugh probably does right away. I think you're probably a pretty damn good team right away. Um, and I do think that his his ceiling is high and his floor is high. Um, I think O'Connell's ceiling is really high, and I think his floor is much lower. And I do mm. think that, like, he is the boomer bust guy. He Is he your LeFleur, McVay, Shanahan? Maybe. Maybe you got a guy in your hands for 15 years of offensive excellence and he's just a freak. But, you know, who knows? I mean, it's just young quarterbacks, or I'm sorry, young coaches flame out or they're great. And it's just like any player too. So I do think Mm. that he's probably the cheaper, easier option. Um, But Harbaugh is a a big deal. I mean, he's a really good coach. And his brother's a really good coach. And they've got a history of of success. I just have, okay, Eric, I want you, I want to ask these to you honestly. Okay. Jim Harbaugh, okay. He had all of that run of success, right? You, I mean, everything you listed. Finished up with an 8-8 eight and eight season. Wasn't that great. I mean, he came in with a pretty uh, uh, a roster that was ready to compete for 
championships, and that was offensive and defensive, you know, with Colin Kaepernick and, and, and a lot of the guys that they had. Why did he leave to go to Michigan? I know he went to Michigan, but there's no reason to think that the opportunity in the NFL wasn't going to be a bigger opportunity than college. Why, why would he leave? And then after being away for nine years, is he ready to come back? I, 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 I honestly, I can see it, but I'm a lot more skeptical than you. And I'm not trying to start an argument. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm asking honestly, like, why do we think that Jim Harbaugh is up for this when he left after the first season, it got kind of hard for him? Um, I mean, you have to remember he was a big time quarterback at Michigan. So he was going to his no, own. I understand. And the Bears. I do think that it's a candy job if you are locked in at a big university. It's hard work, but I think like the job security and the money is insane. It's the reason that Jim has been saying that Harbaugh is a celebrity coach. I mean, there's lots of celebrity yeah. coaches, um, but in college, since the players are constantly leaving, the coaches just get to be known more than in the NFL. Um, I think that he won't end up coming, to be honest with you. I don't think he will. I think that he's going to stay at Michigan in the safety of that job where he knows he can do no wrong and they'll never get rid of him and he'll make infinity dollars. Um, But I think that coaches also want the challenge of competing at the highest level. And I think for the right job and the right job security with the right ownership group and the right roster, he'd be willing to come back. And I think that there's definitely something to the Deshaun Watson rumors. Um, I think that Deshaun Watson could be his Kaepernick. No, I'm being serious. I mean, like all of the I know, but yeah, is, is kind of it's that getting crazy now that the Vikings are kind of in on Watson. Um, you know, that's the kind of quarterback he wants. He's got all these offensive weapons. Well, San Fran might need Cousins, so. I mean, there's just there's going to be some moving pieces here, and I don't know. I could just imagine it. I think O'Connell's going to get the job. I, I honestly do. Um, after I'd be yeah. Well, that's that's what I was saying. I, I think it's O'Connell's to lose if he wants it. I just I don't get I don't I don't see the Harbaugh thing, but I I understand the pedigree and where he's coming from. I don't understand hiring a coach that hasn't been in the NFL for eight seasons and left after he had his one bad season for safety. Like, I don't I don't want that to be the Vikings' legacy if we're going to hire a coach. I want there to be stability, longevity, and hopefully a belief in a guy that, like, even when the chips are down, he's not going to be like Zimmer and be like, I'm not going to play him. I see him every day in practice. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not the fucking guy. That's not the coach I want, you know what I mean, in the modern game. So... Anyway, it's exciting. I, I'm I'm on pins and needles every day, wondering where the Vikings are at. The Bears hired a GM and a they're hiring the Colts North of the Bill Polian tree. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that the Vikings have been a lot more like diligent and thinking about who they're going to be hiring and not just being like, "Well, Bill Polian said Everfluss from the Colts, and we're gonna like Virginia McCaskey." from the Bears, who's 99, was like, I, I can't learn any more first names. So Ryan and Matt are our football guys. And it's just like, oh, God. <laughs> got to replace Ryan and Matt with Ryan and Matt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's just, like, bizarre. So I'm glad that the Vikings are, like, taking their time and that they still have really good options. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Eric, Eric, we can't be upset about Like, that. that's fantastic that everyone is kind of, like, holding out, thinking, like, I might still get the Vikings job. I think that the two best coaches, like dead serious, the two best coaches that will are possibly or are available for this whole cycle, including guys who've already been hired, 
are O'Connell and Harbaugh. Then the Vikings need to announce tomorrow because they cannot keep fucking around and waiting. Well, they're interviewing well, they're, they're, Yeah, they're they're flying there today, right? And they're yeah. going to interview them tomorrow? And, and All right, let's find out by tomorrow night then. Yeah, but Jim, we can't find out because they can't name the coach when he's coaching. Yeah, they have oh. to wait until oh, after. So they could have like a handshake agreement, yeah. right? But they can't officially announce it until later. Like it will come out like the Vikings are going to hire O'Connell, but they can't do anything about it until he's done coaching Super Bowl, so... Okay. If, if we wait a while, it's definitely okay. Oh, so, God, God. and then here's the other thing is, and this is like a dumb uh, CBA rule. Eric, correct me if I'm wrong here on this, but the reason we interviewed so many guys leading up to the divisional weekend is if you hadn't interviewed them initially before that weekend, then you wouldn't be able to interview them until after the Super Bowl. Yeah, so that's why they were announcing like all all of these interviews of like this guy from the Giants and so and so and all this all these people. And we had like fifteen interviews of like potential head coaching and same with the GM was because you couldn't interview them if those teams advanced beyond the the divisional round. So so anyway, that that mm-hmm. kind of is the the short breakdown of why we got so many of those interviews early. And why we're able to continue those interviews because we did it initially. Guys, it can't ah, be as crazy. bad as the Jaguars, who are just an absolute joke of a franchise anyways. They literally tried to hire Byron Leftwich, and Byron Leftwich agreed to take the job, but only if they fired the GM. <laughs> wow. now, so now they won't fire the GM. So now they don't have a coach. So now they want to interview O'Connell, but they didn't get an interview with him in time. So now they can't interview him. <laughs> Oh, why would he want to go there? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, on to a couple of Minnesota teams here. Uh, Minnesota Wild are red hot. The only problem is, is that they're pl- they're behind an even more red hot team in the Colorado Avalanche, who have won like ten in a row, have won like unstoppable eighteen straight at home. Like they're just a juggernaut. But the Wild are right behind them um, as one of the best teams in the league. They have games in hand on pretty much everybody ahead of them in the standings. And they are scoring fun. They went out on a coast trip and dominated the state of New York. Um, Kaprizov is seventh in the NHL in points right now um, after getting off to an ice cold start and playing fewer games. He is a legit superstar. He is the best, most exciting player we've ever had. And he is currently on pace for 107 points, which would easily be the most points in a season uh, for the Wild in the history of their franchise. Yeah. Never had never had a player break a hundred, so he's on pace to to crush it, um, which is crazy, you know. Considering like I think Ryan said like that slow start where everyone was so worried. Remember like three weeks where like he doesn't have a goal yet. He only gets you know like is he a bust? And then it was just like nope, he's better than we would have imagined actually. So he's just incredible. He's tearing up the league. Um, Matt Boldy is our rookie this year who has the most points in the first nine games in his career for the Wild. Um, Kaprizov had seven in his first nine. Gabrick had five in his first nine. Boldy, nine points in his first nine. A point-a-game player. Um, He's a big guy with some good hands, making a difference in front of the net. Um, Zuccarello, uh, we panned that signing a few years ago when we signed, like, mid-30s Matt Zuccarello, and he has been an absolute phenom for the team. Uh, the team. Well, he also he also stunk under Thomas Fenton. Yeah. So that's not wasn't it wasn't out of the question to criticize that sign. Yeah. But he's just killing it. Um, they re-signed Green, Jordan Greenway today to a three-year, nine million dollar deal, which seems pretty fair to everyone involved. And the except defense, for Jordan Greenway, <laughs> I think is it. I think he's that kind of player. And then okay, fair enough. 
three three million dollars a year yeah. you can live on. I mean, Harper is one point eight million dollars a year, and he's twice the player that Greenway is. So, uh, and then the defense is finally getting healthy. We're finally getting guys back. We're still probably a big centerman away from competing for a cup, um, but I would imagine they're going to try to make some sort of move here to bring in one more piece uh, up front. Um, but this team is legit. This is a legit team. Uh, I'm going to go so far as saying that this is the best team that Minnesota has had in a pro sport in mm. 10 years. 10 years. <laughs> in 10 years. That's how good I think this team is. So 2012. I think this is the best team we've had in all sports combined, and maybe even beyond that. And you're not worried about the goaltending? I'm a little worried about the goaltending, but I think they have to have two for sure professional goalies. And uh, Kakinen has the most rookie wins of any goalie in the last two years. Guy in his first two years, he's got 29 wins. Like, they're fine. They're fine in that. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what you want to hear going into the playoffs. Is like, our goalies are they're fine. They're okay. I, I just, I really like this team. They're, they're not perfect and they're not all the way there yet, but I do think they're legit cup contenders. And we never get to say that about our team. Every decade, the no. Vikings are, are Super Bowl contenders and pretty much all the other teams are just in the middle of the pack every year. So yeah. the fact that I believe that this team could win the Stanley Cup and it's not out of the question and they're like one of the favorites to do that feels good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, but for the fact that we're going to run into the avalanche at some point. But no, I completely agree that... Mm-hmm. And you know what we're going to do? There's a- we're going to Patrick Wild those motherfuckers when we're going to score in overtime in Game 7, and it's going to be the next big playoff memory. There's a few oh, scenarios skills. in which we could – I mean, I think we can, outscore, we can outscore any team yeah. in the league any- at this point, and, and they've proven that. So um, once the playoffs come around, anything can happen. So, yeah, it's very exciting. A lot of fun. Can't Finally. wait. Trade deadline approaching. They're going to need to make one more move. They need to bring it. Even if it's not a superstar, they need to bring in like a big face-off winning center. I don't even care if they score goals. Just like a guy who can win big critical face-offs is what the team is really yeah. lacking. And like I love Erickson Eck, but when he's like your number one face-off guy, that's not that's not what you want. like. He's not he's not the big body dude that you need in there throwing weight around. So I I agree with Eric. That's probably the one missing piece. If there's a goaltender available, I wouldn't be too upset either yeah. about that. Uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go wild. All right. And then finally the wolves, they're back to being at 500 once again. And most importantly for our guy, Jim, Anthony Edwards pretty much said exactly what Jim wanted to hear. He said, (laughs) for the first time, we're all playing for each other and we're all happy for each other. And that feels good. And that's the kind of team. And that's how they're feeling right now. You can see them kind of coming together as the big difference though is they've had their three big players all year, and they all kind of take turns going off. Um, but to me, the big, huge difference is that suddenly Jaden McDaniel is looking like a real player. And yeah. he is he's looking like the fourth piece. He's looking like the Serge Ibaka of this team. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Like, Jaden McDaniel has stepped up, and Jalen Noel has stepped into Jaden McDaniel's spot. So, like... The team is just improving all around them. You got to remember, this is like the third youngest team in the league. Um, and so we are performing way over any expectation. Um, I think it's really great. And we've even won a couple games without D'Lo, which we've never been able to do before. Um, I mean, beating the Jazz at home was probably the one of the biggest wins we've had. Uh, you know, we, we dropped a couple against super good teams. But yeah, they're like putting up points. Edwards is on a fucking tear, put up 40 points the other day. They're just clicking. And 
most importantly, they're having fun and they like each other and they like the cats and there isn't like, you know, and Pat Bev has been a positive influence on the team and a, a person that makes people happy and work hard instead of like unhappy and work hard, you know, like Butler was. So dude, this has just been, well, it's exactly my expectation because we're at 500 and I said we were going to be at 500 exactly, which is so funny. But did I really think we were going to be at 500? Hell no, dude. This is exceeding my expectations. No, we're the wolves. We're curses can be. Yeah, I thought, I mean, you know, I wanted to say that because that's what made sense for the team. Uh, but they always disappoint me. So I really thought that I would be disappointed again, and I'm not. It's great. So a lot of people it's, think the wolves are going to make a move here, too. To add some depth. We got, what, 10 days? 10 days or something like that? For... Even though the Wolves have better players in reserve, they're still pretty weak with their bench. They're very shallow. Yeah. They're very yeah, shallow. Like uh, McLaughlin just shouldn't get any time at all. Yeah. Um, uh, Beasley is horrible. Oh, my God. I can't watch him play anymore. Um, I can't see any 0 for 8 three-point nights for him where we lose because you, if any single player jacks up eight or 10 three-pointers and makes none of them, you're almost always going to lose that game. Those are, those are like 70%. That's 70% of those are like a turnover essentially. So um, yeah, we could definitely improve. Right. Well, so let me, let me throw that out there then. If you could make a move for a position, I'm not going to ask you to pick a player. If you could make a move for a position, what would mm-hmm. you go solidify? Center. Yeah. So, yeah, I so think Nas somebody, Reed somebody as our to replace Nas guy Reed. is not good enough. I think um, just a guy like Nas Reed, there's a spot for him in the NBA. It just is as like a energy big. I think they yep. need someone better. I think they need like a rim protecting, like defensive big, just beast of a center. They don't even have to be that good. Just like a good defensive center um, who can just bang against some of the big bodies in the league would be really good. Well, like who's the who's the Australian guy for the? The Thunder, Stephen Adams. Yeah, he's like, New Zealand, but like yeah, Thunder. yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, New Zealand, but like that, that's what you're thinking. Yeah, someone like that, or Serge, like you and, said. Somebody, and, somebody. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know who's available. Eric and and you are both probably better at this than I am, as far as like you know trade scenarios and stuff. But um, but you, yeah, but that you would really certainly think that, help. You you really think that's the most important position that the Wolves we could were solidify? At, at Robert Covington, which would be super nice to bring him back. He's just like a three point <laughs> shooting guy. And he's got some length and some defense. It's not It's not going to be a game changer, but it would improve the team. It might get us a couple extra wins, which is really all we're going to need to maybe jump to the six, which is my goal. Um, if we can get, to the, get out of that play-in tournament, that's a real that's, – that's pretty special. I think, yeah, six would be really great. Um, yeah, a lot of people talking about Robert Covington as a guy who could be headed that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would, I would honestly argue against the center position. I don't think it's that important. Um, I would say somebody that could replace Beasley as a three point maker. Yeah. You know, someone that's, that's a little bit more consistent, uh, where, you know, like maybe you're going to get 12 points out of them a game, but mm-hmm. they're all going to be threes. So I, I, I don't know that that seems a little bit I more important what in the modern game, but single team is looking for though like at the deadline sure every team's looking for three-point shooting i think that they like another guy larry nance jr is another big big guy like a guy like that who's just like you could go and they could just beef you up in the middle i think that's where they're really lacking i mean towns well maybe that would not maybe jimbo that would help that would help mm-hmm. balance the the stat that you had about the Wolves' home versus yeah. road rebounding stats and maybe it would balance that you know, one way or the other a little bit. 
and not be yeah. so divisive. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like at home we're like third overall on on defense, like incredible defense at home, and then like twenty fifth in offense or something bad. Like we just win these like gritty low scoring home games, and then on the road we're like third in offense and twenty fifth in defense, and then we win you know just big scoring like. 125 to 122 that, you know, it's just, it's, it just shows you that the team has the potential to do both to like all of a sudden figure it out and turn it on and be like sixth in both, which would be fucking unbelievable. Um, and now you're like a three seed and you don't have to play somebody so hard right away. And that's, I mean, that's the goal. Just be competitive. We're not, we're not, we don't need to beat the warriors on the road. Didn't care that we lost that game. We're not on that level. We're not a competitor. Um, I just want to get a real series. And and maybe maybe squeak by a round one win, unbelievable! Oh, I'd be so psyched. The Wolves as the three seed is the Jimbo wet dream. Oh, that I mean, just, that's that's it. Will I live to see it? I don't know. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Let's probably, be real. probably not. They'll be like yeah. the, they'll be like the the Las Vegas Lobos. Oh shit! That actually <laughs> sounded so marketable that I'm like they should just go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That well, that's a that's the that's the college team. Plus, we'll be attending Jimbo's funeral before we attend Glenn Taylor's. Like, he's got so much money, he's going to stay alive for another 100 years. Oh, that fucker. All right, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have this week on the Nord East Podcast. Go back, check out our first episode. It was awesome. We talked about everything in the world of uh, the screen. So all kinds of shows that you need to be watching, news. We did our Star Trek rewatch, so go check all of that out. But until next week, thank you guys for hanging out with your good friends here at the Nord East Podcast.